As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest challenge is just figuring out the mindset of today's consumer because mm. so much has changed in the past five years, even before COVID, it was starting to change. But then with COVID, the way people shop, the way they think, where they get their information, how distracted they are, because now everyone is like working from home and on their computer all the time, which leads to this like, ADD of computer life because you're like three screens right. open and you have things like happening everywhere. And I think just figuring out how to get the attention of consumers is way harder than I thought it would be. Bridget Johns had always wanted to build a company of her own. Her first business was a corn stand, which she ran on her family farm with her sister and brother. And since then, throughout her life, she's never stopped building. Welcome back to Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. So after getting her MBA, Bridget worked for some major retail brands in their startup divisions, Polo, Ralph Lauren, Tiffany, L'Oreal. Then she moved on to Retail Next, a startup using Google-style analytics for brick-and-mortar retail. But like it did for so many of us, the pandemic fundamentally changed her lens, and she finally took the leap to build a gifting intelligence company called To and From, was an idea she had been mulling for years. It uses innovative technology that helps an online shopper work out what to get, say for a friend's birthday or someone's anniversary, by way of a guided virtual process. Bridget shares in this episode the honest obstacles of becoming a founder, even if you transferred all the right skills and have a brilliant idea that's solving a real problem for consumers. And she's also got some great advice for startup entrepreneurs. Let's listen. Hi, Bridget. Welcome to Bucket List Careers. So great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, excited to hear all about what you've created as a founder of To and From, which is such a smart idea, a gifting intelligence company focused on bringing a data-driven gifting experience. And I want to dig into that shortly for our listeners so we can understand it a bit better. And of course, talk about what lights you up about being a tech entrepreneur. Let's talk about your origins first, because it seems that where you grew up has in a lot of ways influenced your career pivots. You grew up on a farm in Western Pennsylvania with very little access to the outside world, is how you describe it. Yeah, thank you for asking. It's not something that I really ever get asked, so I appreciate it. Totally. I grew up on a working farm in Western Pennsylvania. My parents were farmers and they were not college educated people, but they were mm -hmm. so hardworking. And I had this 
very like kind of unusual childhood where I would get up in the morning and I would do chores and then I'd go to school and then I'd come home and ride my horse. And really one of the most interesting things about growing up was just how our family provided for ourselves. Almost everything we eat right. consumed came from our farm. We made our own clothes. I was a very active 4 -er, So I learned all of these like random skills, like how to can and how to sew and how to knit and all these things. That's pretty amazing. And Growing up, there was nothing I wanted more than to not be from a farm. It was like <laughs> my number one motivation growing up. I always say I was born into the wrong family. I love my family, but I always wanted something else. And I never mm -hmm. even actually knew what that something else was. But now I yeah. understand that it is wanderlust. Like it is just something that people have within themselves and they just seek something beyond where they are. Like even in my life today, I have a wonderful life, a great husband, a wonderful kid. I still have wonderlust and I'm still like, okay, where are we going now? Like, what am I doing now? Like, what is the next thing? So that was always the thing that motivated me growing up. I was always looking to go to camp or to go to a weekend with my church group or with my 4-H club, always looking for experiences outside of my family farm life. That is so interesting. So then you did start out in equity research, which is a far off place from the farm. <laughs> so you achieved your goal in that regard. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. I know you you were in retail for many years. You most recently moved to tech retail, but it took you a little while to sort of gain that awareness of where you think you were meant to be professionally. Yeah, it's interesting. After college, I was an economics major. And after college, I really wanted to work in the business world. And I was lucky enough to be introduced to somebody who invited me into this equity research company in Atlanta. I was doing insurance equity research. And I discovered very quickly that was not what I wanted to do. In fact, because you couldn't hold the product in your hand it was then that I discovered that I actually, even though I was very happy to not be on the farm, I actually had such deep roots in understanding how things are made and being able to hold your job in your hand. So I went to business school with the 100% intent of working in product when I got out of business school. Okay. So talk to me about Retail Next, which I think, is that where you spent the majority of your career before you decided to start your own venture? It's kind of half and half. I spent many years in retail. I worked Ralph Lauren Home Collection, Tiffany & Co., L'Oreal, and retail operations and kind of growth strategy roles. I had the opportunity to work for Retail Next. And I went to that company really with the expectation that I would be there for two years. I had a business okay. plan for a company I wanted to start. I was ready to go. I met the founder of the company. He was very interesting. I was very fascinated by what he wanted to do, which was essentially collect e-commerce style data out of brick and mortar stores. So understand how many people come into the store, where do they go, where do they spend time, what impacts their decision. It was super interesting to me. And I thought, okay, I'll join him for a couple of years. He didn't know that much about retail and I knew a lot about retail. So it felt like a good use of my skills. And I was there for 12 years. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating <laughs> how that happens? Well, did yeah. you think that was because you were fulfilled there or because you just weren't ready to make a change? Or what do you think that was about? Partially, I was very fulfilled. I did a lot of roles there and got to do yeah. a lot. I learned a ton. 
which is always very important for me. It was one of my motivations for starting to and from was I really was looking for an intellectual challenge. So it was partly that it was partly I had my son halfway through my tenure there. I was a single parent for many years. And that was definitely motivating to stay and the safety and security. Fair enough. And then I met my husband and he was like, you have got to start your company. You said you always wanted to actually have your own business. So that was always in you. When did you have the big idea? You said that gifting kept coming to mind as a problem that nobody was solving. Yeah, that's right. So I spent all this time in retail, talking to retailers, looking at retail stores, looking at what was happening in the changing commerce environment. Retailers were starting to figure out what it meant to go direct to consumers through e-commerce. Yes. And I love gifting. It's my love language. I love to give gifts. I love to get gifts. It's a language we all love (laughs) to some extent. It's not true. My husband is like, I don't care about gifts. I don't like to give gifts. I don't like to get gifts. He's like, he will go and get my car washed and put gas in my car every week. But when it comes to my birthday, he's like, oh, no, can you start that company to help me do this? So it's some people's love language, yes. But that was always an area you thought would be rewarding to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, I love to gift. I love the idea of really learning about somebody so deeply that you can give them something big or small and elicit that. How did you know feeling? Yeah. The thoughtfulness behind it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Nobody was really solving it, especially when you get outside of the Amazon's Macy's Walmarts of the world where they have some tools like you can bookmark and you can tell people what you've bookmarked and you can get reasonable recommendations. But when you look at the brands that people really love that you like deeply connect to the direct-to-consumer brands, there are no universal tools to help you understand what somebody else would like or what you would like as a gift. So I thought there was a big opportunity to do something disruptive in the space. Very nice. And tell me about the obstacles to that. Obviously, you had been in tech retail, but what did you really have to overcome and navigate as you became a founder? Was it technology oriented or were there more business marketing issues that you had to get through? Yeah, it's a great question. And when people ask me, I always say the things I thought would be easy were hard Mm. and the things I thought would be hard or easier than I thought they would be. Give me an example. Yeah. So it was fairly easy to set up the company, to design a website, to figure out a logo, to like do all of those things. The hard parts and the part where I've really been learning so much is number one, starting a company in a pandemic, super hard, figuring out how you hire people and where they are and do you ever meet them and like all of those things that are not so normal anymore. It used to be that when you started a job, you would meet your boss on the first day or in the interview process or whatever. And now you sometimes don't meet them in person for six months or a year or whatever. Yeah, it's, a, it's an adjustment to that. I agree. That was interesting. The biggest challenge is just figuring out the mindset of today's consumer because mm. so much has changed in the past five years, even before COVID, it was starting to change. But then with COVID, the way people shop, the way they think, where they get their information, how distracted they are, because now everyone is like working from home and on their computer all the time, which leads to this like ADD of computer life, because you're like three screens open and you have things like happening everywhere. And I think just figuring out how to get the attention of consumers is way harder than I thought it would be. 
but you are thriving. This business is growing. How many years in existence now? We just launched in June. So I started working okay. on a year and a half ago, and then we launched the first part of what we're building in June and are moving on to the next part of what we have planned. And what would you credit your growth to? Sweat and tears. Like, honestly, I think there is nothing that can take the place of just hard work. It is every day, just really. And somebody said this the other day, and I wish I could remember where I heard this, but I was talking to another founder, I think, and they were talking about how the thing you need to do to be successful as a founder is really to be competitive with yourself. And every day, don't wake up and compete against what you did yesterday every day trying to do what you did yesterday a little bit better and making sure that it's incremental and like trying to push the noise out of what other people are doing and what other people are having success with, but really like every day, just pushing yourself to do more and to do better. And I think that's really good advice and something that I've really been trying to think about in my own progression of the business. And that clearly served you. Well, you're naturally actually segueing into the part of the episode where we talk advice and takeaways based on your journey and experience, Bridget. What's most valuable, would you say, for those seeking career transformation? Somebody asked me this the other day, actually, and I think the biggest thing you can do if you want to start a business and you want to reinvent is take time between whatever you're doing and whatever the next thing is. And like, think about what it is you want to do. I didn't do that. And now I wish I had, like, I wish I had taken three months just to think and to have that creative space. And I had some of that time because I had a transition period. I had been more structured around that transition period. And I wish I had a stop date, two or three months, and then a start date. Interesting. Because I think when you don't take that time, you go into this cadence and this like self-imposed need for productivity. Yes. And really you could be more productive if you just take time to breathe, which I think as women and as moms, sometimes it's not that comfortable to take time because we feel like if we're not working, we should be with our kids. If we're not with our kids, we should be working. We don't take time to really like breathe and think about you know, what are the most important things of what we want to be doing, why we want to be doing all of those things. It's like being present in your thoughts about your goals and structuring it. I see the value in that for sure. Do you think now that you found something that lights you up, because obviously you were recommended to me by a friend because she feels that you've crafted a career that's really fulfilling for you professionally. How are you a different person now that you've found this, now that you've built this? I think I am more humble for sure, because I have had a great career. I've loved everywhere that I've worked. I've had a lot of success in my professional career, but there is something very humbling about starting a business from zero and building it pretty much on your own. So I've learned a lot of lessons already. It's been a pretty short journey so far, but I've learned a lot of lessons. I now know that I don't know everything. I think I thought I knew a lot more a year and a half ago than I do now. So it's been extremely humbling. And I guess I want to ask you, is your day-to-day different? I mean, of course, there are days that are a grind and you have setbacks as a founder, but do you feel differently, lighter perhaps having started something of your own that taps your skills in tech retail, but also revolves around gifting, which you say you've always loved. It's your love language. It's lighter and heavier at the same time. 
lighter in the sense that it is something that I love and there's so much opportunity. And I got to get to talk to amazing founders who are building incredible businesses. And that is unbelievably rewarding when you're like spending your days talking to other entrepreneurs about what they're building. So funny. Yes. Like I have to stop you there. That's exactly what lights me up. And it took me some time to recognize and fine tune that awareness after, as you know, I spent years in TV news, but I finally recognized that it's the focus on the interaction with these interviews, meeting guests like you and positive educational content that I'm putting out there. So the result with each finished product and with each episode to me feels worth it. The time and the effort I put in each day feels worth it. And I think that's what it feels like to find purpose in your work or at least get closer to it. I think that's the heavy, right? The heavy is that you are so invested in what you're building. And I don't think I have an opportunity for this to fail. I am building a business. I have employees. I have a team. I'm responsible for them. I have a son who has to go to college someday. It's heavy in that way that you're like building a company that you are solely responsible for. I totally get it. It's heavy at times. It's also light. That's an honest dichotomy for a founder that exists as you're building something. So where can we send listeners to learn more about To and From? You can visit our site at toandfrom.com, T-O-A-N-D-F-R-O-M.com. It's this wonderful place to discover products, to organize your gifting life, to set reminders and recommendations. And we have additional experiences that we're starting to build on top of the data that we're collecting. So that's the real secret sauce we call it our gifting intelligence is when we can learn enough about you or the people in your lives to make perfect recommendations so that everyone has a great experience with both giving and receiving gifts. It's really a singular idea. And I think you're onto something. So good luck with to and from Bridget Johns. Thanks so much for giving us your time. Thank it's really you great. so much. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast by sharing with friends and on your social media, writing a review. All right, everyone, be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.